Good morning and welcome to another exciting episode of The Honest Teacher. Guess what I'm going to talk about today? <laughs> um, yeah, this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus has hit everyone really, really hard. And I genuinely hope that you are being safe, that your family is well, that your colleagues are well, that your students are well. Um, you know, keep maintaining what you can to protect yourselves. So uh, this episode, I will discuss what is happening to schools during this time and give you some tips on what you can do if you are in an extended kind of shutdown. Um, my state, um, we actually had a mandatory two week shutdown started this past week. And that was kind of a lot of schools were doing uh, spring break during this week. And it was hoped to give like a one week buffer. And our governor just came out just yesterday and announced a statewide shelter in place for the next two weeks. So things are changing on an almost daily basis and it's a little worrisome. So, um, you know, I'm here at home. I'll be at home for the next multiple weeks. And, you know, I can kind of walk you through the timeline of what happened. And we're going to talk about ways to help your students, both gen ed and special ed during this time. So let's go. Um, I want to say it was about two, two, three weeks ago or so that we really started hearing about uh, exploding kind of cases in the U.S. I am on Reddit quite a bit and starting in January. That's when I started seeing the Chinese um, outbreak. And I just thought it was going to be a regional thing. It was isolated in that Wuhan. And, you know, I just kept my eye on it, but you know, whatever. Um, then around late January, early February, you could start to see it kind of march outside and into China. And it was affecting millions and millions of people. <laughs> um, hundreds of thousands. And it was really looking kind of scary. Um you know, our president started saying it was no big deal. This is a hoax. It uh, is going to wash away. And nobody really paid attention to it. Well, when cases started happening in uh, our state, that's when we really, everyone really started focusing on it. And I say about two weeks ago, we started hearing uh, rumblings of a possible shutdown. And, um, the, one of the districts that I work at, um, I am a, what's known as a consulting teacher. I think other districts call it an instructional coach. I work inside a lot of different districts with our teachers. And one district in particular was really taking the lead on this. And the superintendent was keeping the teachers really, uh, giving them updated information that we really needed to serve to prepare for uh, going out and they were having their teachers look at e-learning and getting packets ready so I spent a couple days sprinting around helping my new teachers prepare for this and during that time our administration started talking about the possibility of it but not to take it too seriously and we were taking it extremely seriously uh, the cases in our state at that point were like like maybe 60 cases or something like, and they were basically in clustered in a large, um, 
metropolitan area in our state. So it really wasn't that big. It wasn't around us. So no one was taking it really seriously. And the districts in the area decided, or the administrators from all the districts in the area decided that they were going to announce a uh, two-week shutdown. And they are waiting on the state to approve it. Well, by that time, the state, last Friday, the state actually came out and said, we're shutting all schools down for two weeks. So that really kind of unburdened us. And they said at that point that no e-learning could take place, that any work you sent home could not be graded because it could not be used against a student. And we'll, we'll discuss that in a few minutes because that kind of relax a lot of teachers but at the same time all that work we did to get ready just kind of poo-pooed in the wind um a lot of our teachers were putting together food baskets because we have several low-income families that struggle for food so we made sure (coughs) excuse me we made sure to get them ready (coughs) i swear i don't i don't have (laughs) i don't have the corona but you know it's just coughing but anyway um you know, but people still have not been had not been taking it seriously. I had started bringing um, wipes with me, and I was wiping everything down. I was using a wipe to open doors. People look at me like I was insane. My wife and I had a St. Patrick's Day party planned. We we're going to have like thirty of our closest friends over. We canceled that because we knew that if we got sick at the time, we knew if we got sick, it would be okay. But we can transfer it to older members of our family and they could get really sick and possibly die and we we care about our elders and our family and we just were not going to risk them and we shut we shut our party down and boy we got all kinds of grief about that but it doesn't matter because we have to we have to be prudent and protect and it took about three or four days for the news to come out just how bad this was spreading for people to say oh yeah maybe you guys were right Um, you know, my school, we had a big fundraiser planned and it was like our big, so it's how we get money every year. And it's, it's like a bingo thing and you got to have a bingo hall. And I considered not going, but I needed to be there because I needed to support my teachers. And I told them everyone I would go, but I would just hand out tickets and I would stay away from people. And when I got there, I, my stomach turned upside down because there had to be 300 people there all packed on these little tables all sharing food and sharing drinks and calf, lot fat laughing and coughing and talking right on top of each other and I could only stay for like two hours and I got like physically sick and I, I went home so but apparently we raised a ton of money so uh, hope it's worth it if you will so anyway um, so we're all been shut down and I was on a conference call with our state union and what they wanted to make sure that everyone knows, I want to share that with you as well. During this time, your school cannot force you to be there. They cannot force you to be there unless you are deemed uh, essential. Usually that's only going to be food workers, custodians, administrators, and secretaries. And if you are required to be there, they are required to give you as much work from home time as possible and isolate you as much as you possibly can be 
So your administrators cannot force you to come in. They can't force you to create lesson plans right now because we are shut down. This is like uh, snow days. So if during this time your administrators are telling you you have to be there, talk to your union rep because you most certainly do not. Um, they also have to allow you to do any kind of evaluations over the phone. Um, please consider that you do not have to sit across from your administrator for an evaluation at this time. If you are if you have an IEP meeting scheduled because they are federally mandated, you are required to hold those, but they are not required to force you to do them in person. You can, and I recommend conference calls. Um, your administrator will probably be at your building and I'm sure there's, um, conference type phone system set up at your schools. Ask them to set up a conference call and do it from your home or do it from your office, but you do not have to sit around other people at this time. So just make sure you do those things. Um, don't put yourself at further risk. So, um, now, so you should be kind of checking in on your students if you use class dojo which i love edmodo which i love remind which i dig um if you use any of those or email please be in contact with your parents just saying hey here's some updates here's what i know thanks for playing we'll check back in um there is every um every indication that we're one either going to go back into school in late April or not at all. There's every indication that those are going to happen. When I was with my teachers this past Friday, I looked at all of them to a man and said, "Get, don't leave anything behind. Uh, you probably won't be back in here. And I genuinely believe that. One thing that our state is telling us is that <coughs> if, if we do have a further extended time out or if we are definitely not coming back to school this year that the students will be required to do <clears throat> some type of e-learning or packet-based work for your students that may have issues with uh, obtaining internet access um you can't force a child that doesn't have the internet to use the internet so i would recommend just paper packets for everyone don't even worry about trying to get them online just paper packets for everyone um, but one thing that you have to understand that the state is telling us is that none of this work that you assign can be allowed to work against the student. So if, uh, Johnny Numbnuts, uh, doesn't even try on his paper and he gets a zero out of 10, you can't put a zero out of 10 in the grade book. You can't put anything that would hurt the child's grades. So what I'm thinking is why the hell even assign any work? Because if all it's going to do is help. I don't, I don't know how we're going to get the work back if it's packet based um, I'm not really sure uh, we're waiting on the state to come down but I would just be assigning busy work I would not be assigning any real work that you would have be doing because you cannot teach that um, you, you can't expect them to obtain the information in the best way possible. So I would just do work that you've already covered, maybe find work from the first or second quarters and hit them with that if you are like a lower grade. If you're in high school, you can probably expect them to. One thing that as a special ed teacher, 
I am going to do and I'm going to encourage my teachers to do within school hours is some sort of a video based learning. Our dipshit president has said use uh, Facebook Messenger for medical stuff or Skype. And one thing I don't like about that is that Facebook, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, Twitter, all of them are very clear that they record every single thing we do. They, they take it all. So if you're talking medical stuff, if you are using students' real names, putting students' faces on video, Zuckerberg, uh, the guy that owns Twitter, all of them, they're seeing your kids' information. They're seeing your kids' faces. They're seeing where they are. They're using location on them. Don't do it, guys. Just don't do it. You can use Google Classroom. I used to use Google Classroom for a year. I did a uh, flipped classroom. I did an episode on it. I loved it. I would record videos at home and the kids would watch them in class and then we would have like a group discussion afterwards. Fabulous. What I'm going to try to do is YouTube live. I, as part of my, my gig, if you will, I teach social skills lessons. I'm not a social worker. I'm not a counselor. I just play one on TV, but I have a curriculum that we purchased that teaches social skills. And I do that with uh, two kindergarten level low functioning classes uh, like a high functioning fourth to fifth grade autism class and then I have two seventh and eighth grade classrooms they're high functioning that I teach those skills at and I want to keep those skills going so what I'm going to do is I'm going to record videos like I did a couple years ago and send the links for my YouTube channel to my teachers and then they can send them home with to their students um or i will probably wind up doing uh live videos because a lot of my stuff i do we watch videos we sing songs and i want them to see that in real time i'm going to encourage (coughs) all my teachers and my parents to not use their real names because if someone else sees that i don't want them to see their names so be like pseudonyms and i think i've seen it there's youtube chats while you're doing a video live stream and then they can ask me questions and then I can answer them and if the teachers do that as well you can connect to your students at home without actually leaving your home and I think that is a really cool way to do this because our state is saying during this time districts if we have an extended lockout districts can expect their teachers to do some amount of work during that time and so I imagine we'll be expected to do something so I think that is a wonderful way to get out to your kids and have them connect back to you. You won't see them because you shouldn't see them because I don't want anyone else to see them. But you can talk to them and ask their they can answer their questions, maybe their parents' questions, and you know just kind of maintain that connection. Um, one thing with IEPs, and I address this with our administration and. We're waiting for further uh, instruction from our state is for IEP goals. A lot of our uh, behavior and academic IEP goals, they're pretty much going to be paused at this point. And because you cannot track those at home, you just can't. I do imagine that there will be some homebound teaching done during this time for those skills that we need to make sure we keep up. But 
I imagine a lot of this is just going to be paused at the third quarter. And all that progress will just be restarted in the fall. Unless you have an extended school year, which my state does. Uh, but a lot of those skills are they're newer than their academic skills. So some of those behavior and speech and PTOT goals. Um, if you have speech PTOT, you're probably going to have homebound services. But just know your district cannot require you to do that. They have to pay you extra. That's like a stipend position that they have to pay you to do. So um, they may send an email out saying, hey, we're looking for homebound teachers during this time. I would, if you need the money, only do it if you know you can protect yourself. Face mask, gloves, hand sanitizer, wipes. You're not coming in contact with anything in their houses because we don't know how these people uh, are maintaining their homes and I don't want you to get sick or take it home to your family. So just consider that. Um, with a lot of their, if they have like medical goals that we have to sustain, yeah, we're going to continue to do that. The schools are going to have to pay nurses to go out and maintain those services because this is still the school year and we have to give those. So uh, a question was asked to me, what about like pass fail? And this is why I don't like the idea of sending gradable work home is because we can't use it against them. All we can do is to help them. So we don't know their parents are doing this. So just it's busy work, just keeping them busy. I would not assign stuff that we know that they would have to work on because they're not working on it. Um, I have an ed helper account that I use that I love. And I used to send home the stories. If you have ed helper do that, um, the lower level kids have uh, education.com. Look into those. Um, teachers pay teachers. If your school has an account, use that. There's there's a lot of different options. Um, but I think what the state is trying to say is like they usually want five hours of work time. They're going to be super flexible, probably like close to two to three hours of work time per day. So this is when a lot of those online sites are going to come into play. Um Khan Academy. Maybe you're using YouTube to show videos. Maybe you are having them uh, play Prodigy. You can track Prodigy. Teach your monster to read. I love that site. Readworks is another good one. So there's a lot of different uh, AR. If you're giving them take AR tests, you can do that. There's a lot of good sites out there for teachers. Let's see some of the I've got saved on my computer here. Um. Oh, Codable. You can have them do uh, coding classes. I love coding. Oh my God, I did coding for a full year or two. I, you should definitely do coding. You can have them do Scratch. Uh, I was talking about Ed Helper. Uh, AimsWeb. If you can have them do their AimsWeb testing at home. Let's see. Um, yeah. So, oh, Spelling City. If you have Spelling City. Uh, if you have... Um, oh, my gosh. Um... I forget what it's called. McGraw Hill has an online. There's Study Sync. If you have Study Sync, have them do Study Sync at home. There's there's just so so many. Um, but follow your school's guide for how to work with the kids. But just remember, you are protected too. You're not expected to do things outside your school hour. Don't let your administration tell you to do things that are not in your contract. Um, but maintain maintain yourself and keep yourself safe your family safe your kids safe but hopefully those are some basic ideas that i could help you with um i'll try to record again next week 
uh, I want you to, uh, you know, again, please stay safe. Maintain that social distancing. If you have to go out six feet, um, uh, clean your house very well. <laughs> um, I'm trying to um, sanitize. Um, if you have a spray bottle, uh, it's 10 to 1. 10 ounces of water, one ounce bleach. You have an amazing disinfectant. That's what hospitals use. So use that in your home at least every other day. Disinfect. Um, but I think more, more just importantly, uh, you guys are doing great. We're, we're almost in the fourth quarter now. Um, cause you need to go out there and kick some ass. Thank you.